0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortoliniish podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, here today with a very special guest. Uh, Johnny Gomes joins us today. How are you doing today, Johnny?
1: Doing well, Zach. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, one thing that we have definitely prided ourselves on um, with regards to Cortoliniish over the past year. Or so has been trying to have as much diversity as possible, not just in terms of fan bases, right? We actually, last season, we got uh, just about every single fan from a Primera Liga team, uh, missed out on a few teams, uh, but we spoke to every single team of the Primera Liga except for Estoril Praia, Tondela, Moreirense, Pasos de Vejera, Belenenses, Sad. Uh, so, B Tondela uh, and Muradens getting relegated. Unfortunately, does not look like we will be having a fan of theirs. But still looking for uh, Passos de Vheira and and the Historio fans. So, um, so, so yeah. And another thing with regards to Estoril, if you haven't yet, check out my latest interview with Artur Gomes, Brazilian winger, uh, and actually ended up scoring in Estoril's two nothing win at the weekend against Famalicão. Um, so one thing that you know apart from fans of clubs, one thing that in terms of diversity that we've really tried to focus on um on quartertellineish is having fans of different nationalities We've had people from Ireland, England uh and recently a Braga fan from France now we're having a braga fan from the United States uh talk to me a little bit
1: about your experience supporting braga in the states growing up. Um, so really it's, it's the only club I've ever known apart from DC United, obviously growing up here in the DC area. Um, they were huge back in the nineties when I was growing up. So, um, from two years old onwards, I mean, my grandpa made me a sauce. You, um, I just got my new sauce. card, uh, in the mail back home. My aunt sent me a picture. I'm up to like number 2,500 something which is pretty cool. I think there's like 30, like 20, between 20 and 30,000 registered Celsius. So to be up that high, it's really cool. I actually just did my, um, I completed my 25 year anniversary and was invited um, to go and meet the president, Antonio Salvador. Um, wasn't able to make that trip, unfortunately, but I had some relatives go my place. So they've got my pen and my, uh, my letter waiting for me. Uh, when I go and visit next, so um, you know it was always it's it's difficult to try to follow. Well, in today's age now, it's not so difficult to follow my team with the streaming options and everything available. But I remember being a kid and being huddled around <laughs> my dad's like radio that he had, and we'd listen to the games on the radio. Um, so yeah, I've I've been a fan um, since I can remember.
0: mentioned club president Antonio Salvador there. Um, One thing that he has been very, I think, adamant on is trying to bridge the gap and make it not a big three, but a big four in Portugal. Uh, Over the past year, since the start of 2022, we have seen Braga defeat Sporting Benfica Porto starting the season with a 3-3 draw against in, in a game that certainly lived up to the
1: hype. Talk to me a little bit about this match for you. Um, yeah, man. So that match that match was incredible. We really were lucky to get a, a match of that quality right out of the gates. Um, obviously you always want to see your team team go out there and win games. But given the the circumstances, um, you know, being down uh, a goal in three, on three different occasions throughout the match and to fight back um every time, that's always good to see. Uh I thought uh, Arthur Jard showed very well in his debut. Well, I guess it's not necessarily his debut. He'd had some matches with the first team before, but uh, for him to kick start the season off in such a fashion where th- the substitutions all seem to go right and and once they even when they got that third goal, Abel Ruiz ties it up and they're not sitting back trying to finish out the, those last 5 minutes of the match. You know, v- Vitinga gets a a ball at his feet going into the box and was a few inches away from bagging a game winner. So, um, yeah, I, I think in the past few years, um, the club has really increased their ambitions under Antonio Salvador. And as a fan, like, I mean, you love to see it. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, in my biased opinion, there's always been a big four, um, but i think you know we're really starting to 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 close that gap a little bit um with the the big three teams up at the top arthur george
0: getting the nod following carlos carvalhal's departure talk to me a little bit you know were you surprised by the timing of Carval carvalhal's exit and uh also with regards to george do you feel that uh he had enough experience were you surprised at any uh degree
1: well, so in regards to Carvalho, I wasn't necessarily surprised because he, I mean, he's a guy who's coached in England before. He's, he's got a, you know, he's got a resume of, you know, top class quality. And uh, he had always said that <clears throat> the reason he even came back to coach in Portugal was because it was due to COVID and stuff. And he just wanted to be closer to his family. So I wasn't surprised to see him go. Um, and I think Artur Jarge was really the, the perfect guy um, to come in and fill that his shoes because um, under Carvalho, the team had gone under this new direction of like a youth movement where they were promoting, I think, you know, it was some like it was up into the teens of how many youngsters they played um, from the B team last year in the Primera Liga. So in Artur Jarge being the, you know, the, the coach of the youth side, to come in and, and step in and work with those youngsters right away, I think was the, the perfect dynamic.
0: Two players uh, coming off the bench for Braga were Spanish Alvaro Jalo as well as Abel Ruiz. Uh, so Jalo, both of them making big uh, impacts in the 88th minute, just five minutes after Marcus Edwards scores to give Sporting their third lead of the night. Uh Jalo and Ruiz combine in the 88th to secure another equalizer. Just an absolutely outstanding match. Uh Abel Ruiz, 22 years old from Spain. Alvaro Jalo, 22 years old from Spain. Braga having a growing uh Spanish contingent, which I'd say. Look, with regards to uh, Victor Gomez, right back, who just arrived, all, as well, 22 years old. So the third 22-year-old Spaniard. Okay. Uh, it is quite the assortment of Spanish okay. players. Got to mention as well, Mario Gonzalez, uh, who arrived after a really promising uh, season at Tundela, uh, really failed to deliver and uh, was sent out on loan to Tenerife in January. Remains to be seen what happens with his situation. But, you know, Abel Ruiz, Mario Gonzalez, Vitinha, Simon Banza, this is a very good and very strong center-forward department for the Arsenalistas. And you look back just 18 months ago, when they sold Paulinho to Ruben Amorim Sporting for $16 million, You look where Sporting are. You look where Braga are. I think it's clear to say that Braga have the better assortment of center forwards.
1: Yeah, I won't argue with you there. I'd take all three of Banza, Vitinha, and Abel Ruiz over Paulinho at this point. And the great thing with those three guys is that each of their play styles is a little bit different. And they all kind of complement each other. Um, So, you know, it's... I'd say Braga definitely got the better end of that deal, uh, especially the Abel Ruiz um, deal was unique in that he came over in the Trincao deal um, where we sent him to Barcelona and, um, you know, Abel came over for us and he's backed some big goals for us uh, in Europa League um, and in the league as well, showing that last, last Sunday. And, you know, Trincao's kind of bounced around a bit and now he's at, a, he's at Spartan and he. He didn't really seem to stand out to me in that game against Braga um, in the first first uh, week. So, um, I think uh, Braga's been making some good deals uh, lately, and it seems to be working out for him.
0: Yeah. As you mentioned, quite a few ex-Braga players were sporting Pedro Gonçalves, Paulinho, Trincao, making up an ex-Braga front three. Yeah. So, and of course, not to mention manager Ruben Amorim. So, you know, quite a few ex-Braga options there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to switch over briefly from from Sporting to Porto. And one of the things that I'm trying to draw a connection here, because we're talking about Antonio Salvador trying to bridge the gap between the big three. And one thing that you do to bridge the gap when you look at these teams across Europe, you know, you often have to... Uh, trace the steps of your competitors. You know, you have to see how they're doing it. You need to try to replicate that. I think that it's clear to see And And one of the things that I feel Braga can replicate from Porto is the potential of a really strong strike pairing. We've seen how much success that brought last season for Porto with Meritaremi playing off Evan Nielsen. Curious, do you think a two striker pairing, something that Shall we say has not been in vogue for the past few years. You know something that I think has been gradually phased out by four through three is four three ones. Do you feel that that could be the way forward for Raga this season?
1: For me, when you've got you know, um, you know such a, a bag of riches there with the strikers that they have, then yeah, uh, you've got to play to your strengths and and. One of Braga's strengths certainly is the the striker center forward position, and and I you know I alluded to it earlier, but um, all those guys play so differently um, from each other. You know, Vitinha's a Vitinha's a, a high energy guy who's always hunting the ball back. If he loses the ball, he's tracking back. He's trying to win it right away. And and Bonza's a clinical finisher um, anywhere in the box. I mean that goal that his first goal against Sporting. Uh, last weekend was phenomenal. I mean, he's he kind of hits it on a half volley and just sticks his foot out and <laughs> picks out a corner. Um, and, you know, so to see a, a guy who's lethal like that, um, um, that's that's awesome. And then, you know, you've got a, a bell who just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. You know, he's not necessarily the best at any one thing in the striker room, but, you know, he just seems to find that success. So uh, yeah, for for Braga this year, I think that that four four two it should be quite successful for them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Braga's next opponent is Famalicão. Take a little uh, take a glimpse of Famalicão and Braga's results since Famalicão returned uh, to the top flight after a twenty five year absence. November 3rd, 2019, Braga-Famalicau 2-2. This game involved a red card for Famalicau, Roderick Miranda, in the 34th minute. Following match, June 19th, 2020. This is another draw, a 0-0 draw, that saw Patrick William, another center back, get sent off in the 92nd minute for Famalicau. Uh, once again, on November 2020, uh, same thing happens. Famalicão get a center back sent off in the 66th minute. This time, Bruno Villana scores just eight minutes later to secure Braga's only win so far. Uh, and over the past few years, um, Famalicão Braga following it up with a 2-2 draw in March 15th, uh, followed by another 2-2 draw, this time with Braga going down to uh, 10 men in the 24th minute. And the final day of the season, Malikau going up against Braga. Ricardo Horta scores in his fourth straight game to become the club's all-time leading goal scorer. A lot of people, perhaps including you, thought that that would be Ricardo Horta's final game for the club. But it isn't quite that way. And, as things stand, Ricardo Horta will play in the weekends match against Malika. Talk to me a little bit where you're at with this saga right now
1: so So that's what I've been seeing he's um you know Ricardo Horta's is the, the consummate pro he's he's that guy who you want to be the captain of your team he never he never says the wrong thing he never you know he he's always even killed um and you know you never want to see a guy like that leave the club that's you know the all-time leading goal scorer that's a guy you want to see out the rest of his career um on out on that pitch and and yeah it's been a very weird saga with the with Benfica um really the entire transfer period like I I started seeing him seeing those rumors pretty pretty much you know not too long after that last game of the season against Famalicão, and uh, it's really continued through now, where about almost a week ago now, you know, Abala and all the all the journals are reporting that it's a done deal, and here we are, you know, five days later, and and Ricardo's still showing up for for training and training with with Braga, which um, you know that doesn't surprise me in the least bit because you know, like I said, he's a consummate professional. So he's going to show up and, and keep doing his work until um, until he's told not to. So, um, you know, I'd love to see him stay at the club. But at the same time, you know, he's he's a Benficista at heart. I think we all know that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be sad to see him go if he does go, which uh, at this point, it's really quite muddled. We really <laughs> – I don't know which way it's going to go at this point. There's so many different parties involved. You've got Braga, Benfica, Malaga, and George Mendes all with their hands, you know, dipped into this deal. So you you don't really know which way it's going to go.
0: It is a saga, as you mentioned, that has really dragged on since the start of the season. I mean, it, overall, it is something that I think has the potential to, to make a cloud over this upcoming match um what what are you expecting though in terms of results here
1: so like you mentioned earlier i mean the the results speak for themselves familiar comes a a tough side um to go out and play against and we're playing at their stadium and you know that's somewhat of a local derby so those guys are going to show up for it so um i expect it to be a tough match uh Though, I think we match up well with them. Bonzo was the one who really did us in that last game against them last season. So now maybe with him on our side, uh, you know, we yeah, we can go in and take the three points, which um, I expect at this point, uh, you know, um, with with the level that I think Braga has, a, has attained as a club, you know, a team that's gone deep in a Europa League, and is, you know, consistently fighting for that fourth third place spot in in the Primera. So, yeah, I fully expect them to go out and get the dub, but it's definitely not going to be easy.
0: Remains to be seen what happens with Ricardo Orta. Still a few veteran players hanging around. If we look at the 2017-18 Braga squad, uh you've got you've got Andre Orta. Playing in midfield uh, alongside Almuzarati, here's how, what have you made of both those players? Do you feel that that is going to be uh, Baraga's first choice
1: pairing? I, I think that is their best and strongest midfield pairing. Um, uh, Al is in a, is a phenomenal player. I honestly don't know how we've managed to hold on for him that long, as long as we have, because he's the he's the type of player that's got you know like a, he came on a free transfer from from Vitoria and you know that in years past that's exactly the kind of guy Braga would have flipped in a year or two for you know a few million a few million bucks to add to the coffers. So um I I love watching him play. I think he's one of the, the better CMs in, in the primera in my opinion. And and Andre Andres you know, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves necessarily because the numbers aren't quite there he doesn't he doesn't bag that many goals but but he can ping a pass with the best of them in the league and I think he's he's crucial to that to that locker room with um you know the relationship he has with his brother ricardo and and the rest of the guys. He just seems like that fun guy in the dressing room that that really brings the team together.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I was at the Estadio Luz when Benfica took on uh, Braga in November. It was a sick <laughs> one victory, if I'm yeah. mistaken. Uh, I remember it almost as the red wedding. Yeah. You know, for you Game yeah. of watchers, you watchers. It was a blood wedding. Benfica, Benfica and Braga both losing a defender to a season-ending injury. Lucas Verissimo for Benfica. Uh, Nuno Sequeira for Braga. Sequeira, though, starting at left back. And uh, I'm curious, how how would you rate his performance? Do you feel that he is the club's best option right now uh,
1: at left back? Um, so at left back, yes. Um, the only other left back options we have, I believe, are Christian Christian Borgia and... Um, I think there might be like a youth academy guy
0: in there. I believe that Francisco Mora is there, but he, I I believe the club wants to get rid of him, right?
1: Yeah. He's got a foot out, out the door already. And I don't even think he dressed for the, for the last game. So Cicada, when healthy is a serviceable left back, you know, Um, he he can, um, he can lock up wingers and, and, you know, he's showed his, his ability on that, um, on raga's second goal that uh from the from the from the stopped ball you know he he sends a cross into the box from almost <laughs> near the midfield line and it, it finds a player's head and hits the net so um he's definitely uh a serviceable left back for the primera liga though i thought that was one of the positions we would have gone out and reinforced um which to me they ended up doing the opposite and and letting Carlos, uh go and, and bringing in Victor Gomez on the right flank, um, which I would have, you know, gone in a different direction. But, uh, but yeah, as long as Cicada can stay healthy, I think, um, I think he'll uh, lock, help lock down that back line. Last season saw Fabiano and Manchester City loney Jan
0: Kuto compete at the right-back position, Kuto returning uh, to City following his loan spell. Braga, on the other hand, their right-back options. Uh, Fabiano, as well as Victor Gomez, who arrived uh, from Espanol on loan. Um, And Zay Carlos. I'll admit, I was quite surprised by this. Zay Carlos, for me, was arguably the best right-back in the Primera Liga last season. Uh, Perhaps second to Joao Mario, but you know, one of the best and ends up going to a, a team in the Spanish second division in Ibiza, which, okay, fair enough on the location. He's 23 years old, yeah. but uh, <laughs> is that really the best destination of the career? I'm curious. What did you make of this move to loan out, say, Carlos?
1: Yeah, it's, to me, it was strange from the beginning. Um, he didn't even really play in the, in the preseason much, you know, it was, he came back and did some training and they sent him out immediately, which made no sense to me. I agree with you. He, I think he was uh, crucial in the linchpin in Jill's run uh, of success that they had last year. And I don't know that they finished uh, fifth in the table without that guy. So um, to make th- Kind of a lateral move, I would say, to go from Dragon playing in Europa League to to the Segunda. Um, I can imagine is quite a a difficult move to make. Um, And and to be honest, his replacement, Victor Gomez, uh, didn't really show much in that first game against Sporting. I I think you know he was uh, he was a big part of that first goal where Matheus Nunes just carves us up with a long ball because victor gomez isn't holding his line and then you know uh, uh, unfortunately i think he went down with an injury he's going to be down for a few weeks so for that to be his only game action and leave that taste in your mouth when you know you had you could have had Zach Carlos coming in to potentially you know continue his run of form as one of the better right backs in the Primera. it's it kind of stinks and you question the direction but um you just, you got to have faith in the, in Arthur Jarge. And uh, I think he's made some good moves so far. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep backing him uh, until I have reason to do otherwise.
0: Victor Gomez getting injured in the 44th minute. Fabiano Silva uh, replacing him. Overall, where do you stand with, with Fabiano? You know, do you feel that he is a suitable replacement at the right back position?
1: I, I do. I think the team kind of, balanced out and calmed down a bit once he came into the game, you know, um, Ruben Aburim is a manager who likes to play a lot of wide, wide balls, you know, balls into the box crosses and stuff. And, and I think when Fabiano came in, um, we were much less susceptible to the wide game from Sparting. And, um, you know, uh, I, I thought even last year too, he, he played well, uh, in Carlos Carballal's three back system where he played kind of a right wing back, right mid position. I think he showed that, um, you know, he's, he's got two sides to his game. He can, he can certainly defend. And then, you know, he's got a bit of, of offensive game too, as well. Um, so I, I especially like the pairing of him and, uh, Rodrigo Gomes on the right side when, uh, Rodrigo Bums was subbed on for Yuri Medeiros, and he started tracking back down the the right flank. And, and him and Fabiano um, did a really good job, I think.
0: But I'm uh, suffering a very big departure this summer, not just with Carlos Carvalhal, but David Carmo, who ended up joining Porto to replace Chancel Mbemba. Uh, they have brought in a center back, however, a 22-year-old uh, from Gingamp in Ligue 2. So out of Braga's three signings, Diego Lainez, uh, Victor Gomez, Simon Banza, Siku Nyakate, three of them, three out of the four are 22 years of age. Very clear recruitment. Banza, on the other hand, only 25 years old. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this Siku Nyakate, though, because he ended up equalizing on the cusp of halftime and uh, playing alongside Vitor Toromena in the center of defense overall, what did you feel with regards to his performance?
1: So he had some big shoes to fill coming in for, for David Carmo and, and to, for them to have found another left footed center back to come in and replace David, I think is huge because that is a rarity in today's game. Uh, so, you know, it, it's always good when you can get a, a center back to come in and, and score on his debut. Uh and and Necate, I think he made the the um the league uh the, the team of the week for the first week. So uh, he's so far he showed really well. Um uh he's he's an athletic center back pacey guy. And, um, you know, he showed, he showed that he's, uh, he's, he's an aerial threat as well. So, so far, so good, um, on, on the Niacate signing, um, on, obviously it hurts to see, you know, such a a big talent in David Carmo go to what I would consider a, a rival in, in Porto. Um, but, you know, as a fan of Portuguese football, um, I'm glad that he's going to be getting some big games under his belt over there in the Champions League and such. Um, And I think he's going to be a a big player for the Celestin for years to come. Talk about Banza
0: Gomez-Niacate. Let's talk about Diego Lainez. Joining (laughs) Manuel Betis on a loan transfer has already transformed Braga's social media networks. But do you feel that he's capable of transforming them on-the-pitch and perhaps giving them that extra spark uh, as that potential Ricardo Orta replacement?
1: Yeah, I, I think his, um, his impact is going to weigh heavily on, on Ricardo Orta's status. Um, I don't see him, you know, coming in and replacing either uh, Ricardo or a uh, Yuri Medeiros, who had a big season himself for Braga last year. Um, not right away at least, but this is a guy who's also still only 22 years old and he's been at the center of world football for, since he was a teenager. Um, You know, this this is a kid who could potentially explode onto the scene. And um, I like his game. I I think he's explosive. um, And, and, you know, there's been a, a, a good history of Mexicans having success in the Primera Liga. He could you know, maybe one day be our, our Tecatito, who knows. Um, but yeah, I had being American. I was, I've been familiar with Linus for a while now, you know, going back to his rivalry with the the U S national team. So, uh, yeah, I was excited when, uh, when I saw that announced, um, I, I think it's a low risk, high reward move where, uh, I think he's on loan with an option to buy for around seven million. With uh, Betis having paid fourteen for him originally, so you know if we could get some some good play out of him and maybe sign him on a permanent, um, I think that'd be a good bit of business.
0: Braga last season, we we saw a lot of changes from back three to a back four on occasion. I'm curious, where do you think Braga's strongest route is? Is it as a back three? Is it as a back four? Uh, does it really depend on the fixture? You know.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say it, it depends on the fixture a bit. Um, there are certainly clubs in in our league where you know you can take a little bit more risk and you know play play a three back and, and throw more players forward. Um, uh, you know some of the minnows, but uh, against stronger side, you know against a uh, Sporting, Porto, Benfica. Um, having four at the back, uh, certainly helps. And, um, I think it all really, it starts through the middle. Last year we, with David Gardner playing in the middle of that three back, he could, he, you know, he was as good a distributor of the ball from the back as it gets. So, um, it's, it's a little bit of a different dynamic this year. Um, but I am excited to see how, uh, how they move forward. Um, with the, with the structure of the, of the team.
0: Braga really only sold one key player in David Carmo. Remains to be seen what happens with Ricardo Orta. But between that and bringing in Banza, Gomez, Lainez, curious, where do you stand on Braga's window? You know, you think that they've done a good job reinforcing the squad, and are there any real positions that they need to reinforce in the final weeks of the summer window?
1: Um, so I, I love all the moves personally, because not, they're not only players with quality, but it, it's, they're bringing in young guys that, you know, they could either sell for a big profit on down the road or guys that have, you know, a lot of room to improve and help us a- achieve our goal, which is to, to win a league title and, and uh, I think we have everything in place to achieve that. And um, I think in the, ne- in the coming years, we'll, we'll start to see that, you know, the, the president has, has really put a big emphasis on on the academy and, and developing youth. So um, I think that's critical for success in, in this league. You know, you look at, you know, the, the big three guys, they, they always got top young talent starting in their 11, making an impact. So um, for us to be having that youth movement and to also be retaining our key players where, you know, usually a guy, you know, a guy has a great season at Braga and it's a fire sale. Um, You know, he's off to this club or that club. And in years past, you know, we would have sold off the lot and, um, you know, in one offseason alone, we had Amorim, Paulinho, and Izgayu all go to Sporting. So to see them kind of turn away from that is really promising as a fan.
0: A lot of young talent coming in from Braga's academy and making a name for themselves in the first team, whether that's Rodrigo Gomez, uh, you know, so many players looking at their squad. Uh you you know, you have got so many different options, Rodrigo Gomez and uh Roger Fernandez, Miguel Falay, Vitor Oliveira, all of those intriguingly in attack. I think most of the players who have made that jump are in attack. What, you know, why do you think
1: feel that is? Hmm, that's that's a good question. Um yeah, I'm not sure. David David Carmo really was the, the only defender that of that crop to come up, him and Zach, Zach Carlos. Um, so uh, I think it's just, uh, in today's game, this, in today's this, game, goals are so valuable, you know, that it, it, it's hard to kind of not develop or want to develop attacking players. I just want to make
0: a point. David Carmo only joined Villegas Academy in 2015 at, I believe, 16. Uh, not saying he isn't a Braga Academy product. Yeah, no. I think a little later than you know a few of those options, which definitely, I, I definitely think is interesting. Curious, wh- who do you feel is the mo- is has the highest potential out of these players who have made the jump to the first team?
1: To me, it's uh, Roger um, Ferdinand, just because to come in as a 15 year old kid and to go out and bag goals in against grown men that's that's an amazing accomplishment and um you know he's got the most time to to hone his game and and improve on those skills um so in in the long run i think Rogers got the the highest ceiling um but in terms of uh you know current um major players in the squad i'd say uh Rod- Rodrigo Guanj has a, a really big chance to to make you know to raise some eyebrows this year at Prague. I think. And are there any players that you know you
0: liken him to? What do you feel are his strongest attributes, as well as those things that he
1: needs to work on the most as a player? Uh, with R- Rodrigo, he re- he actually reminds me a lot of, of, of Trincão, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. Uh, you know, very technical player, good on the on the dribble. Um, uh, I think with him, he could use a bit more meat on his bones. He seems to lack that physicality a little bit. Um, just you know, want to stay on his feet and fight through some tackles, but that's that's kind of part of his game. So I can't fault him too much for it. But um, out of out of all the academy prospects, I think he's the most Primera Liga ready right now. Interesting when you look at. Uh, players that have come out of
0: this academy you know i think a great deal of them wingers francisco trincao pedro Neto, miguel falay another player you yeah. uh, talked about i'm curious in the event that ricardo orta does end up joining uh benfica do you feel that braga's winger situation is good enough to to handle this departure
1: it's impossible to replace a guy of Ricardo's, not necessarily his caliber because um, it, it, production can always be matched, um, but it's the intangible stuff that he brings that that'll be hard to replace. Um, but I, you know, I think if we can, if we can get a couple players back in that deal, like I've seen uh, G- uh Gilles Diaz uh, linked to be, you know, a player swap in that Ricardo Arta deal. Um, I I think they could piece together some guys. Um, you know, if Ricardo leaves that that leaves space for guys like Linez and um Roger and Rodrigo to all get more minutes. I think it'd be more of a platoon uh type deal between all all of the young guys on the one side with uh I I I love Yuri Medeiros' game. He's got a cracking left foot. Um I love watching that guy curling goals, so I think with him and and all the young guys on the other side that they can definitely um, definitely match Ricardo's production. One player who I think
0: is a bit of, you know like a new signing is uh, is Alvaro Jallo making the jump up from the Braga B team, getting the assist for Abel Ruiz's equalizing goal. Twenty two years old, you know, and and really made an impact. I think with his pace, with his tricky with Overall, just his sheer guile to get to the byline and set up that goal. Talk to me a little bit about Alvaro Jaló.
1: Yeah, he's he's a really exciting guy. Um, I, so I follow a little bit of the, I follow the the, the 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 B team and the U23 team and stuff. So I was familiar with him um, last year. He batted quite a few goals for the B team. Um, so to see him come up, simultaneously with Artur Jarge and get a chance in the first team. That's great to see, you know, um, earlier in the summer, I had seen that there were some, some bigger clubs interested in him, but that, um, Artur Jarge was going to bring him with the first team, um, on the preseason tour. And the bet seems to be paying off so far because that guy is, he is an energizer bunny on that, on that wing. Um, He's he's got pace to to match any any right back in the league, and uh, yeah, he uh, he embarrassed Ricardo Agu so bad that he deleted his Instagram account. So <laughs> I think that goes to show um, you know his potential and and what he could do. Fabiano
0: Silva coming off the bench in the forty fourth minute for Victor Gomez. Rodrigo Gomes coming off the bench for Yuri Medeiros at halftime. Uh, Jallo coming off the bench for Siku Nyakate in the 85th minute, as well as Abel Ruiz coming off the bench for Simon Bonza in the 85th. Those two, Jallo and Ruiz, the Spanish duo, uh, combining for the equalizing goal. And I, and I think a memory that will probably last in the hard time for, forever the yeah. heart of these fans. And absolutely. Incredible three-three uh, draw that just shows you the Primera Liga is not just you know boring defense matches. It is also you know this attacking quality. I'm curious, where do you think the Primera is with regards to that? with regards to becoming a consistently attack-minded league,
1: uh, I think it, it's only going to benefit the league moving forward. Um, you know the more exciting the game is, the more eyes it, it can draw. So um, for, for the league to, to be able to d- pull that off, um, I think will only benefit uh, everyone in the long run, every team, not just your big fours. Um, I'm talking about like your Estudios and your, your Moreiras and and all these smaller clubs will benefit from, from having more eyes on our game. And the, um, You know, uh, in recent years, I think, you know, the bigger leagues in Europe are are starting to recognize that. And there's been some serious cash splashed for for, for Primera Liga players in the past couple transfer windows. Um, So I think that that all can only benefit the league.
0: Talk a little bit about uh, Braga's Spanish contingent. They do have a smaller uh, French contingent with Simon Bonza. Siku Nyakate, and Jean-Baptiste Gorbi at <laughs> 20 years of age and made a name for himself in the start of the year with a goal in the 2-1 victory at Sporting, scoring in the 97th minute. Uh, curious, talk to me a little bit about Gorby, Unused substitute, uh, whereas the veteran 34-year-old Andre Castro uh, coming off the bench in the second half. Where do you stand with regards to you know Draga's midfield depth? and do you feel that Gorby could have an extended role to play this season and potentially have a breakout campaign?
1: Uh, I do and um, I think they have good options coming off the bench there in, in, in midfield um, depending on the game situation and um, you know the run of play. You've got Andre Castro, the seasoned veteran, who can come in and settle the team if if need be and and you know help lock it down defensively. And then you've got the the spark of a young Gorby who he's shown before he can come off the bench and and bang one in from outside the box. Um and he's you know, just another one of those those young promises from the academy getting a chance, which you always love to see. So uh yeah, I'm I'm happy with uh with with our current midfield depth. Seeing a lot of players
0: uh go from playing for Braga to playing for Premier League sides. One of them, Joao Palhinha, joining Fulham. Uh obviously he was never officially a Braga player, consistently on loan uh from Sporting, but player who I think definitely definitely became Joao Paulinha at 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 Braga. Curious, what was it like seeing Paulinha in a Fulham shirt? And overall, what has it been like to see his progression over the years?
1: Yeah, so I think he definitely captured the hearts of a lot of Braga fans when he was here. I mean, he spent two really solid years here, um, holding down our midfield uh, when when you know we really didn't have. Many other guys uh, you know al Al-Muzrati hadn't arrived yet and and you know andre uh was off doing his having his weird m l s in l a um so faina was really an anchor for us um in more than one sense uh both in the midfield and and it, just in terms of depth uh So to see him in a Fulham side that tied with Liverpool in their first uh, Premier League game back in a while, that was really cool to see. Braga
0: scoring three goals, but also conceding three goals. Um, And I think that is one thing that perhaps exemplifies the contrast in their options. You know, looking at their options in attack, Simon Banza, Ipinia, Abel Ruiz, Ricardo Horta, uh, and so many impressive wingers from the academy in defense. Though after the departure of David Carmo, who I think was you know just a massive reason in Braga becoming uh, you know arguably you know without a doubt the second best defense uh, in Portugal over the final I would say two months of the season and really becoming a solid back three. Um, following Carmo's departure to Porto, Braga's current center back options Bruno Rodriguez, Vitor Tormena, the Brazilian who started alongside Sico Nyacate uh, in defense. You've also got uh, Rolando, I believe, is still part, with the ex Marseille and Napoli player in the squad. Um, Paulo Oliveira on the bench ex Ibarman, man and uh, that is it i may have missed some academy players that you know more about but curious you feel that braga's center defensive options feel that they they are ready to take the challenge and and restore that defensive solidity we saw so often last season
1: so in my opinion i think that the back four is certainly the shakiest sector of the squad um I'm I'm surprised that we didn't go out and and reinforce it more uh than than what they did. Um but, but yeah, you mentioned it. I uh, I think we went from went from conceding almost a goal and a half a game to less than one when when David Carmo came back from his knee injury or his leg injury. Um and and he really was a, a big part of that and you know, it's going to be almost impossible to to match that. And, and it showed in that first game. I mean, uh, we were getting picked apart early on, Uh, could have been three, four, one at various points before halftime. And um, I I think part of that has to do with, with the new system, you know, readjusting the getting used to playing that back four again, and uh, you know, you also had some new faces in there. With you know, Niakate seemed to settle in as the game progressed, um, but like I mentioned it earlier. Um, Victor Gomez looked uncomfortable on the right flank, um, but but um, as good as the attack is, I think the the defense might be the reason that that we lose some games this year, unfortunately.
0: I want to go with regards to between the sticks uh, and look at, at the moment, Braga's squad, they have four players over the age of 30 uh, years old. Andre Castro, 34, and Paulo Oliveira, 30, Nuno Sequeira, 31, and Matheus Magalhães, 30, uh, and the Brazilians starting in goal... Recently, getting a contract extension with Braga to, you know, reward his trust, time down for the long term future. Um, curious, how does Mateus rank with the best goalkeepers that you have seen at Braga over the years? Supporting them, and uh, you know, what is your opinion of
1: him as a goalkeeper? So I I love Mateus. I, I think he's an, a phenomenal goalkeeper. Um, he's got He's got so much experience. Uh, you know, he's been he's been a a a constant presence for us in in that, um, and he's been very solid. I think um, you know I'd rank him up there with the the Blacodimos and and Diogo Costas of the league uh, as one of the top keepers in in the Primera. So. Um, I love to see them uh, lock him, lock him in for a few more years. Goalkeepers is kind of, kind of a position where, you know, you're not really too worried about a guy's age. You can always get some from a a keeper later on in his career. Um, And and to be honest, I haven't loved what I've seen from, from his, his backup uh, Diago. So I I think that's a presence that, that we need on the pitch. but i you know I'd love to see them bring in a bring in a young keeper maybe one day here down the line um but for the time being, I think matthius is is more than capable of of leading us to success. Diego
0: Linez is actually becoming uh, the second Mexican player that Braga have signed this year after bringing uh, Eugenio Iuto from Lille, um twenty years of age and uh, has has done very well for Mexico in youth tournaments. I'm curious, have you seen much of uh, Pizuto? Do you think that he could have a role at all to
1: play in the first team this season? Um, so as long as Andre um, Andre Arta and Al Musrati are still gaining major first team minutes, I don't see him breaking through this year. Um being more of that dm that that uh Al Muzrati and Andre Castro uh both play so barring any injuries to either of those guys um i don't see him breaking into the first team but but i have i've loved what i've seen from him uh in through the through the youth ranks um on the u23 team uh and and for mexico i i think he's uh, he's going to be a very capable player someday um, just don't know if he's he's there yet. Absolutely.
0: One thing that I think has, has perhaps separated Braga from the big three, many aspects, is, is the fact that we haven't seen that many players go from the academy uh, and to the first team and have kind of a stratospheric rise, same way we saw, for example, Vitinha with yeah. Perto. Or, uh, you know, looking at other options, Zuno Mendes. For sporting, you know, Renato Sanchez for Benfica, these stratospheric rises, um and I, I think that one one reason why Roger Fernandez's departure was so hype was because of that reason. Making his debut at a young age hasn't really played as much. I hasn't played as much as other options such as Vitinha um, and Miguel Falay, um, but and Rodrigo Gomes, but player who perhaps has even more hype internationally. You know, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, what, what is Roger's deal? Is he going to be getting a lot of minutes this season? Curious, what, how much of a role do you think we could expect of Roger Fernandez? You know, it is clear that he does need to develop physically, I yeah. think. You know, he is definitely a lot uh, less developed than other options. But let's let's just remind ourselves... He's going to be turning 17 on November 21st. So this is very young. And I, I definitely think that Braga, one of the reasons perhaps why he has not played as much as they definitely don't want to put him into the
1: spotlight too soon. Yeah, they, they don't want him to get sniped up by by another Primera team just yet. Um but I, yeah i think I, i'd agree with you i think part of the allure with him is is his age and the fact that he's so young and has already shown himself capable of producing on a premier league um pitch um but uh if he could follow sort of that um you know i, I was going to well Vitinga for us kind of came out of nowhere and exploded onto the scene and you know bagged 14 goals for us after um toiling down at the academy for a few years. So I, I think uh if, if Roger could come up and have sort of like that uh Vitor Oliveira like uh season where um these younger guys just kinda have uh a charisma about them. Like I I love watching Vitinga play center forward for Braga. That guy He's he's got emotion, he's got swagger. Um so I think if Roger can kinda emulate what uh Vitinga has done for us, that um he'll be in a a massive star in no time.
0: Talk to me a little bit about Vitina. I'm I'm curious because this is a player who really only burst onto the scene, I would say, at the start of the year. And a player who I think more than anything stands out so much physically. You know, he is A player who is going to bulldoze over his opponent's player who never stops running, never stops pressing. Overall, he's a scary player to have chasing you down. And uh, I think one reason why he could be getting a move to a Premier League team soon, I'm curious, how good is this player and what do you think he needs to work on?
1: Uh, So I think the, you know, that kid's got the world in his palms. He, he could be, you know, uh, a regular starter at a premier league team uh, at the strike position in, a, you know, in years to come. And I think it's all has to do with his mental game. You know, that guy, he doesn't lack any confidence whatsoever. And he, he will get in your face and let you know how he feels and um, he'll get under your skin. He's a guy who irritates defenders um and i think that whole package uh is something that that will prepare him for success in in other leagues uh moving forward if he if he does end up making that move and um yeah like i said i i don't know it's just something about watching him play i, I love i love watching him play it remains to be seen what
0: happens with Ric- ricardo Horta. but apart from Horta, what player do you think is the closest to following Footsteps of Rick, of Francisco Trincao,
1: Paulinho, David Carmo, and getting a big move. To me, I thought it was going to be Al Al Muzrati, um, this this past off season. I think that's a guy who he's he's Premier League ready. He could go to to La Liga and, and crush it or Liga, and um, you know he fit, he could fit in at any team at any level right away. So, and he's still a guy. Who, he's you know he's still in his mid twenties. That's a guy who who you know any team would you know that that's not a bad investment to to invest in a guy in his mid twenties who's um, you know when he's not participating in Ramadan that guy's an engine who's gonna finish the full ninety and give you all you got. Um, so, uh, to me, I think. Al Musrati is the the one that's that's ready to make that move right away. Um there are a couple that are poised I could see um you know R- Rodrigo Gomes making a move to Italy or Spain and and um kind of having that stepping stone jump to to a bigger league. Um but those would probably be the two that I'd highlight. There have been two
0: teams outside of the outside of the três grandes in Portugal, Benfica Porto and sporting two teams who have won the Primera Liga title, Boa Vista and Valench a half century apart. Hey. Curious, what do you think? How how far do you how far away do you feel Braga is to seriously competing? We're not gonna say winning, but competing up until the final day of the season. For the Primera League title, how far away are they?
1: Um, I don't think they're very far at all, to be honest. Um, uh, like I like I said, if they can um, if they can continue down this path of, of retaining key players and and developing players, um, th- then I think that's uh, that's totally in the realm of possibilities. Um, and I think that even at, Fans of the other big three teams should want uh, a Braga team competing for titles. That's only iron sharpens iron. That's only going to make everyone better. The more competitive the league is, you know, the, the better, you know, the more that the play from everyone will rise. So um, as a, you know, that's my dream is to one day (laughs) see Braga uh, lift, lift the title and, you know, um, I feel they're more ready to do so now than in certainly in years in years past um but i mean even going back to to twenty eleven we've they we played a Europa league final against porto and and we gave Benfica a run for their money for the league um uh, in two thousand and ten um so i I think you know not not far but um not necessarily ready just yet either <laughs> um but uh but i think it i think they could do it one thing that i think you know you look at the
0: possibility of braga joining that exclusive club one thing I think you cannot ignore is the fact that porto benfica sporting so they have to attribute so much of their success both financially as well as on the pitch to these youth academies and their yeah. production i think you look at braga not just in terms of the players they're producing, you know, not just Trincao, Pedro Neto, uh, but but also looking at the chances that they are giving these young players, whether that's Rodrigo Gomes, Miguel Fale, uh players who are just impressing in the B team, in the academy, who are hungry for a chance. Overall, that is the thing that I think, above above anything else, is has what it takes to get Braga to that next level.
1: Yeah, I'd agree.
0: Overall, anything else that you want to mention with regards to Braga and their objectives this season? You know, What do you feel would constitute a successful season for them?
1: Um, I think a successful season for us would be to match what we did last year, a, a Europa League quarterfinal um you know, thrilling draw against, that we had against Rangers. It could have gone either way there. Um, So I think, you know, a deep run in Europe and, and pushing, at least making those top three teams have a sweat and, and, you know, have to, you know, look over their shoulder at us and make them worry that that we're there. Um, So fighting for those, those big points against the big three. Um, No, last year, Porto kind of ran away with it, so it was kind of a consolation prize for us to ruin their invincible season, <laughs> which, you know, it was cool. It's cool to say that, you know, we were the only team that beat Porto last year, so I, I think we could definitely slug it out with with those with the tres grandes, for sure, and, and fight. So uh, I'm really excited. For, if that first game was any indicator of what's to come, then I'm super excited for the rest of the season.
0: Braga, as you mentioned, the very impressive record against the big three. and overall it's it's these results but also the way that they go about it with no fear. I think that's one thing that impressed me so much about this approach. Uh, you know really showing no fear to 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 go on the you know go go on the initiative to to go into the final third and I think it's hack that's one thing that I think requires above all confidence and that mentality that you are on the same level as, you know, you are capable of it. That's something that, you know, when you believe in yourself, you believe in your capabilities that allows you to fight so much more. So overall, I I definitely think there's reason to be optimistic about Baranda's future. Definitely. Johnny, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on second episode of Courtenay We will be having plenty more content, uh, diverse content as such. Our first episode of the season spoke with Harry Brooks uh, with regards to Porto's new signing, Gabriel Verón. Second episode, speaking with an American fan who supports Braga. This is the kind of diversity that we are are honestly searching for. So, you know, I honestly appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And certainly will not be the last.
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure to to talk, uh, especially when it comes to a club that I love. So, uh, you know, I'm available, man. Whenever you need me, I'll come on anytime. Uh, fluent in Portuguese, if you ever need me on, on the Portuguese show, too. So, uh, I'm here if you need me. Um abraço. Um abraço, crack. E you ti Obrigado.